today is Good Friday. It's traditionally known as the day that Jesus died on the cross. So why is it called Good Friday when it should be a somber event? Well, it's the day that at first glance, it seems that evil had won. Like evil was throwing a one-two punch and the hero couldn't take it anymore. But Luke, the writer of the specific biography of Jesus, gives us the reader small hints throughout the story of moments where it seemed like the enemy was getting the upper hand. But in reality, it was actually building up to the greatest victory of Jesus. I know what I just described was a little complicated, so let's go back through some parts of the book of Luke to demonstrate what I'm talking about here. So in Luke chapter 22, Jesus is standing before the representative of the Roman Empire, Pontius Pilate. And we read that Jesus was in complete control of the matter while Pontius Pilate was out of control. Pilate was depicted as someone who was a slave to popular opinion, while Jesus was seen as a calm and collected guy. Then, later on that chapter, he was sent to Herod. There we see something similar. Jesus seems calm and collected, while Herod is kind of going crazy. Herod's saying, oh, I guess people are calling you the king of the Jews. But at the end of that story, we see that Herod dresses Jesus in an elegant robe to mock him. Now, in Matthew and John's biography of Jesus, the soldiers who were guarding Jesus twisted together a thorn of crowns and crammed it into his head, making blood pour out of his forehead down to his cheeks. Then it says that they beat Jesus down with the staff repeatedly and then made him hold that staff. And this is another act of mockery as they shouted, Hail, King of the Jews! A few verses after that in Luke, it says the soldiers made Jesus carry his execution device, a big cross, down the streets of Jerusalem. Jesus was so exhausted from the beating and the bleeding that he couldn't carry it anymore. So it says that they grabbed a guy named Simon from Cyrene out of the crowd and had him carry it. But Luke gives us this really interesting detail. He says that that Simon was carrying the cross behind him. And the word that Luke uses to to describe the scene is the same word that you would use when a servant is following a greater being. In the other biographies of Jesus, this scene of Jesus carrying the cross is depicted as almost like a parade uh, down the streets of a major city, people hurling insults at Jesus. Then in Luke chapter 23, verses 32 through 33, it states that Jesus was crucified. Now, this is a gruesome method of execution where Romans drive a a rusty nail through the wrists and through the ankles onto a wooden cross. Once the nail was in its place, they lift the entire cross up on a mountain called Golgotha for all of Jerusalem to see. Yes, this was meant to inflict pain, but more so it was meant to be mockery. It was meant to be humiliating to Jesus. Luke also tells us that there were two other beings executed with him, one on each side of him. Then in verse 34, it states that the Roman guards, they began dividing up his clothes by casting lots, as if it's the most precious piece of clothing they've ever seen. I mean, why would you want to fight for somebody's clothes that's being executed? Then in verse 36 to 37, Luke tells us that the soldiers came up and mocked Jesus. They offered him wine and vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Then in verse 38, they noticed that there was this big sign over Jesus' body and it read, this is the king of the Jews. Now, surely that was put there by the Roman guards to mock him. Then in verse 39, one of the guys hanging on the cross says, aren't you the Messiah? Which means king. Save yourself and us. Then the other guy who's on the other side of Jesus basically said, don't you fear God since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserved. But this man has done nothing wrong. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. These men both acknowledge that Jesus is king. 
Now, I don't know if you caught on to this already, but Luke is describing for us the greatest reversal in human history. You see, Jesus' enemies, whether it's their, the religious rulers or the Romans or, or the general public, they mocked Jesus by giving him an elegant robe. Then they gave him a crown and a staff, kind of like a scepter. The rulers of the day, they tried to rule over Jesus, but the only one who seemed to be in control was actually Jesus. He walked down the streets of Jerusalem in a similar fashion that a king would. And although we know that the cross is an execution device, he, Jesus, was lifted on high with two people next to him who seems to acknowledge the royalty in him. Now, if you were somebody that lived 2,000 years ago reading this very description by Luke, you will think this, you'll think, wait a minute, a king sits in the middle on the throne as the lesser important subjects sat to the left and right of the king. Oh, and get this, when Jesus was on the cross, he was elevated higher than everybody else who was there to witness it. And who is usually at a higher elevation than the common people? The king. And to top it off, he had a sign over his head that says that he was the king. You see, the enemy, they thought they were mocking Jesus and bringing him down. But in reality, they were participating in Jesus' coronation ceremony. Their jokes about Jesus being king ended up being true. And to make things even crazier, as Jesus' life was slowly fading away on the cross, Luke tells us that darkness came over the whole land for three hours. It's as if even the sun recognized that Jesus was king over everything. Then, in verse 47, it states that the Roman centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, surely this was a righteous man. Without a doubt, Jesus must have been the Son of God, which was a title that was usually given to a Roman king. You see, the enemy thought that they were knocking Jesus down, but the very act of knocking him down was actually contributing to the exaltation of Jesus as king. What we learn is that God was working behind the scenes. Something else was at play. God's master plan was actually unfolding right beneath their noses. You see, this day is called Good Friday because this is the day that evil threw their biggest, meanest, ugliest punch to blow out the lights of God. But in reality, they were fanning the flame. They were exalting Jesus to the highest place. I mean, how crazy is that? So church, may you recognize that in times of absolute darkness, God is still working. He's taking what was meant for evil and turning it into something beautiful. And may you find hope in the fact that regardless of your current situation, Jesus is still king over everything. And may we all experience heaven together. God bless and I'll see you on Sunday.